you have the confidence that you can accept the ball. Now, to point of interest, none of my men wear protection in the joint. None. After all, you wouldn't want your attacker to get injured. That hurt my foot. We are live. We are live. When the lights go down, we go live. Welcome to Big D After Dark on this beautiful Monday evening, especially after a weekend like we just had with FC Dallas, uh, a big win at home against Colorado Rapids, and then, of course, North Texas SC with a big win against Colorado Rapids, too. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Tommy is going to be with us, but he just jumped off. He'll be he'll be getting back on. We're grateful that you are on with us, and we want you to know that we will take your questions and comments about this past weekend's action live. What questions do you have about the team? What did you see that you loved? What are you hyped about? And what does this team still need to work on? Um, we're we're going to be getting right into it here. Um, and of course, I'm Nathan Hill at Nathan J Hill on Twitter. Uh, there is also um, on my left, I guess, is is Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona. Also is Ishmael, Ishmael Belcora at at Belcora Isma on Twitter. And Hello. there is Tom LaBeouf at, at Tom underscore FC Dallas. Good to have him hey back guys. with us. We missed you last week, Tommy. Hey, Tom. Oh uh, yeah, I, sorry about that. Just some commitments I had. I mean, but I think so. All right, so yeah, questions, comments, chat them in, send them in. They'll they'll shape the show tonight. We, we this is one of those shows where we just get to talk about a lot of fun stuff, a lot of good stuff. We do have some comments and uh, uh, some some quotes and clips from post game with uh, Coach Nico Estevez, uh, Brandon Cervania, and Jesus Ferreira. We'll get to those in just a few moments. But right away, let's just start with our reactions from this weekend of soccer. Focusing on FC Dallas, and then later on we'll talk about North Texas SC. Um, and, and Tommy, I, I got to tell you, Tommy, you have been one of those those voices in the FC Dallas Twitter world that has been noted for its uh, criticism. And all of a sudden, I see you posting, uh, you know, trash talk basically to our opponents that we down <laughs> i mean it really feels Salty. different you know it doesn't it feel different watching this team this season absolutely you know it's 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 nothing to complain about really i mean uh yes they didn't play that well uh but give give colorado credit it's, it's not that fc dallas played bad i thought that colorado just came out and had a good game plan sometimes that happens and the better team won. I mean, like it. I mean, I, I, I take that back. I didn't say that right. Sometimes good teams find ways to win when they don't play well, right? And that's what happened. And yes. they found a way to win. That's that's good. So, 
Yeah, a 3-1 win at home against Colorado Rapids. Um, uh, Jesus Ferreira mentioned in the in the uh, post-game conversation with media that FC Dallas was quite aware that Colorado won the West last year, that this was the top team in the West, a very well-coached team, a, a strong roster, even if they have some challenges and some issues here and there. And really, they came out to play in that opening 45 minutes and gave FC Dallas everything that they could handle. You could argue that FC Dallas was lucky just to be facing a one to nothing, you know, deficit kind of going into toward that halftime mark. They could have given up two goals, three goals, if if a guy like Rosenberry had got something on target, you know. But also, you know, FC Dallas managed some ways with their defense. And then it was all about Brandon Cervania, that miracle from mid- midfield, as I'm calling it, and and then a strong second-half adjustment and, and a brace from Jesus Ferreira, which was super sublime. I'll show some clips as we as we chat. So let's just get talking about our instant reactions, our, our reactions from the match, what we, what we saw out there, what we loved. So, Jose, we'll begin with you. Well, you know, you have to have, like the scrappiness that you saw out there. I mean, they were completely out played in the first half it was very frustrating to watch basically uh colorado coming out there and, and exploiting the gaps uh between the center backs and and the uh and the fullbacks you know there were some wide gaps that they were taking advantage of and and honestly they they had they had basically dallas pinned back you know they it was like you said very fortunate some would say that we weren't uh, down by more than one goal, but at the same time, I would like to point out that uh, Pass had a fabulous match, five saves, if I remember correctly, and and he's one of the reasons that there was only one goal scored on FC Dallas that day. And honestly, if there's ever been a match that says, "Hey, we should buy this guy," <laughs> ASAP, that was it. That was his 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 statement. Uh, performance, I would say, that proves that this uh, short-term loan should conclude with a buy option for him. Uh, and then, of course, I, you got to say that this goal right here by Cervania, I mean, that's just a dagger. I mean, you're 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 the Rapids. You've been dominating. You're up 1-0. You're going to go in a, in a halftime with a 1-0 lead, and then that happens. That was basically right there. That was the full swing right there. FC Dallas went into into the half knowing that they could play better and were even and and uh, and I think that that made that that shot right there pretty much is the recent Dallas one. It's a beautiful shot, incredible, incredible goal, and and it just saved FC Dallas's Heine. I mean, they just. We're struggling, and just what a bolt of the jolt of confidence, you know, at that point in the game. Uh, Ishmael, tell us about your reactions to the match. Oh, uh, you're muted. Uh, you're muted there, Ishmael. That's all right. I, w- I do want to say that uh, Ferreira should have had, you know, a hat trick, which would have been insane yeah. to have back-to-back hat tricks. Just would have been 
amazing. All right, Ismail, there you go. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, so I actually missed like the first 20, 25 minutes of the game. Uh, so I didn't have the, uh, the luxury, like the luxury, I guess, of seeing us getting dominated for 45 minutes and then the beauty of Serena's goal. Um, I, what, what I really liked was the halftime mentality switch. That was the biggest thing because although I wouldn't say we controlled the game, the second half, there was a lot more like what, what Jose was saying was grits. Like we, we say that there was like grit in general in the game, but the first half, I mean, that was not good. That was really bad. And I mean, they, they, they were like kind of stout defensively, but just 50 fifties in the midfield. I don't think I saw a single one, one when I was watching the first mm-hmm, half mm-hmm. and, um, just like just the mentality switch in the in the second half, and you can, can you can say it was Cervania's goal, but if there wasn't a, not only a formation change but also just mentality uh, like change in the in the second half, we wouldn't have won that game. Like, and we might have lost it. So, um, it was just th- that that kind of mentality did not exist last year, and I could actually make the argument that it hasn't existed since 2016 and it's just it's really refreshing refreshing to see the team um just play like as a unit and just fight for each other like at like low points tommy what what were your reactions from the match well uh, you know it's a little disappointing but also you know it it wasn't like um it wasn't like a disappointment in the past past years where you, you felt like there wasn't talent on the field. There was talent on the field, but they were just, you know, just having a, going up against a team that was really prepared for the, for Dallas. And, you know, I caught in the game that they had played four in the midfield and three in the back. And I think that was just a different uh, thing for the for FC Dallas. There was a chance that was early in the game that um, I think O'Brien had a nice pass to – I forget who it was, and, you know, it just didn't go in the goal, and that might have changed the game. Um, the refereeing was, was really strange. Uh, I thought there was a lot of fouls and yellow cards that were maybe unnecessary, but then you wonder, like, sometimes why Martinez was, was really playing so harsh on the attacking end to get that yellow card. Um, Jesus Ferreira, he's showing that he's, he's, he's not only a nine, but he's a very good nine. He's a very talented nine. Uh, that that one-touch shot to the corner was top mm. notch. I mean, that's, that's, mm. that guy is, you know, he's, he's very valuable for this team. And I, I want to say, I never doubted him when he wasn't scoring. <laughs> I can go back and prove it. <laughs> but uh, I, I think one thing I noted is that, uh, you know, Velasco still not making a difference. He did it. He, you know, he had the nice goal and every stuff, but he's still not on the same page with the team. And that's, that's, you know, understandable being that, you know, he's just learning to play with these guys and learning to play with bigger guys. I think, I think uh, just give him a little bit more time. He's still not quite there, but you know, you see that there is talent with his touches and everything. And um, the other thing is that, uh, you know, Matt Hedges got hurt. Tafari came in. We were also playing without Ariola. I thought O'Brien, you know, he did. He was typical O'Brien. He he wasn't as much. I don't I don't remember the offsides like he had in past games. So, so 
There were some things that he does good, O'Brien. That's this touches in the final third. He had some. He had one nice touch in the final third that could have been a goal. And um, but you know uh, when the team got ahead, it, it was a different game. So I mean, we got to give him credit. That second half was all FC Dallas, in my opinion. Good. It looks like we lost our our buddy Ismail. Um, we'll we'll, we'll hear it and we'll we'll link him back Everybody in. Bass. Yeah, as soon as he's able. Um, uh, I agree. So we already got a a good comment here from from our buddy Todd Chatterley. Uh, thanks for watching, Todd. As usual. Uh, conversely, Nico's game plan sucked, and he got lucky. He's got healthy, excellent players. It, and I saw our buddy, our uh, Big D After Dark alum, Ben Lyons who we miss, um, and we miss his voice on here, but also said that, hey, you know, that, that, that Nico got outcoached, which I, I don't think is, um, uh, uh, welcome back, Ishmael. I, I don't think it is untrue that, that really in that first half, uh, Nico got outcoached. And, and yeah. was, it looked like they just weren't ready to adjust, and the team just couldn't get the ball out of the midfield it it, it, it was not pretty uh, but, but isn't that a sign did. isn't that the sign of a good coach that he clearly got out coached in the first half and then came out with a plan b and totally flipped the table on them and you could say that he then out coached his opponent in the second half and this is not the first time we've seen this we've seen him make adjustments and the team play completely better in the second half and that's a good sign. That's an issue that I think we had to point out. We had with Lucci where the team came out and, you know, 60 minutes later, they're still playing the same. And and Nico, at least Nico, you can see that he's making significant uh, uh, alterations to the way the team is playing. I believe what they did is they, they matched a 3-4-3 formation uh, right off the get-go. So so you're, you're both able to visibly see what's going on and also see how the play that the team is playing differently. And, and it's obvious. It's like, wow, they've made changes. Yeah. yeah but I think, I think there's like, there's the, 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 re, the, the formation switch was just dropping Serio deeper. And Serio was I basically mean, a third center back. Yeah. 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 That's, that was his, that was the play. Cause it's just to match Colorado. That didn't have to wait for halftime. And I mean, that, that was my, my, yeah. Like Lucci is not a good baseline to be like, Oh, at least he's better than, than Lucci's, uh, like tactical adjustments mid game. And I mean, that's the, so again, there's the, the concept of we dominated the second half, I think is a, is, is a false equivalency because we dominated like the first 15 minutes, but came out really strong out the gate. And then the rest of the rest of the second half, Colorado didn't dominate like they were in the first half, but it was a scrap and Colorado could have had uh, goals if they just put on their finishing boots. And if Paris wasn't very good last night. So again, I think the, the mentality switch was very good, and I was thankful that even with Hedges having to be dropped in halftime, um, Nico still had the 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 decision making like idea of like like matching Colorado. But 
I think if it was going to be dropping Surreal just back a couple of yards, that had to be done in the, in the first half because we got lucky with the 1-1. It could have easily been 2-0. Well, like, it would like, have been a much more like, difficult game. To come like back. Ben, like Ben's pointing out that they hadn't trained for it, so it's basically they had to discuss it at halftime and say, "Hey, this is what we're going to have to adjust to make this happen." And they had to basically spend the entire half saying, "Okay, this is how it's going to work." And I know we haven't trained it, but these are your responsibilities. And it basically, it, it's something that they adjustment that they seem to have made on the fly. And that's a good sign that, that, like you said, that he is able to trust his players to carry through on it. Yeah. And and I do agree that it is concerning that it took a full half to make those adjustments. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, one, one, one play that didn't get our coach, that, that was that said piece, that was, no, um, that was no luck of the draw. That was a practice play. And, you know, he set up uh, Velasco as a decoy on that direct – that direct kick they gave it to Velasco that got the defense focused on Velasco and left Brandon Savani open. We, and I don't know if everyone knows, but he's got a great shot. I've seen it before and he's got a great shot. And, and that wasn't luck. That was a planned play. And I give, I give the coach credit for that. That was a drawn out play that, that changed the game. I mean, that's I, not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't agree that they were on their heels the entire, uh, outside of 10 minutes, uh, because Colorado basically, once Dallas scored their their second game, you could just see their the air start coming out of them. And I like I say, it was more of a scrap than than any team dominating. And I think we, like me, I'm one of the guys to say, oh, we dominated the second half. It's not that we dominated. It's that just that we played so bad in the first half <laughs> that, that, you know, yeah. the, the, we played so good in the second half. Okay, we didn't dominate, but it was an even game and the uh, better moments – came FC Dallas way and it should have been by the way in the second half they should have scored more than two goals so mm-hmm. yeah I, I felt like sound like domination yeah. I felt like Ferreira left Hara wide open on that goal and it, it was just funny to see Hara's reaction when he didn't get the pass and Ferreira hit it mm-hmm. right to the goalkeeper I mean you could just see the, the the expression on Hara's face like he really wanted it you know and I don't know you know they were joking with each other after our now he's not happy, but he really wanted it and he was hustling to get there. Uh, Howard's a pure goal scorer and he and you want to see that. You want to see him wanting the ball. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rev. Well well let's let's go ahead and jump over some, some post game comments from, from from Nico, the head coach, and uh Cervania and Ferreira. Um I got to ask Nico a couple of questions there, and of course one of the, the down kind of parts of this was that Matt Hedges went off at halftime, did not return in the game, kind of a precautionary measure. So I asked him about that. And I asked him asked him about that right back situation, because if there is that position that we're going to come back to, that Ishmael has been been perhaps on the right side of history on, it, it is this issue around how do you, you deploy Nanu and because I thought Tomasi was excellent as he came in. Of course, game state, all that stuff factors in there. So I, I wanted to ask him, ask Coach Nico about that just to see if uh, he could give us some red meat to, to feast on as we think about that right back position. Let's listen in. Two quick questions here. Um, first is an update on Matt Hedge's injury going off at halftime. What's his status? And then the, about the right back position. 
uh, it seems like there's real, a real battle there between Nanu and, and Emma. They both bring different skills and energy to the game. Uh, is that a week-to-week -week position battle? What are you looking for in that position? Well, on Matt uh, report, um, he uh, he fell a little bit sore in the in the calf, and uh, we take out just for, for prevention. But we need to to test him and see uh, what's uh, what's uh, things he can um, and examine him uh, better. Uh, to see if he's a major injury or is a minimum injury or is not an injury, but we didn't want to take uh, to take risk. And uh, on uh, Ima and Nanu, um, in our team is a day by day or game by game position for everyone. It's not a, a position for anyone, and I think every player fights for the week to get a, a place. Every player. Good news about Matt Hedges, and it sounded like I read some elsewhere that he was, you know, walking around at halftime or post game, and he wasn't in a boot or anything, or um, which is good news. But then, yeah, I mean, I think Estevez, uh, Coach Nico's point there is like, hey, it, it it's a week to week battle, a game to game battle for these players to claim a spot. Um, Ishmael, I want to get, I want to give get your reaction. I mean. We talked about it, I think, last week about this Obreon Nanu right side. Jose said, you know, I wasn't planning to have a beer or whatever during the game, and I just couldn't resist <laughs> when I saw that lineup. I mean, it just doesn't – it just didn't work. That that Nanu uh, that Nanu Obreon right side, just – it's not a great deployment. Even though, you know, Obreon does switch around some and everything – it just seems like it's it's just not the right combination. And you bring in Tomasi, and it just seems like his defensive ability is a gift to lock down the game. What did you feel about that right back position for this from this game? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna try again to be completely objective about this. This was probably Farfan's worst game. And although that is a high bar, it was he he had a lot of issues. I'd also put most like if you want to put blame, which is not something that you should do most of the time on goals, but if you're going to put blame on a player for the Colorado goal, it would probably have to be Farfan and Martinez not communicating uh, because Farfan pushed up, Martinez didn't know whether to commit to Barrios or not and leave space in the middle and then indecision led to Rubio having an easy shot. Easy. It was a pretty good finish. Um, but yeah, Nanu doesn't work with Obreon. Now, we've seen Nanu play with Areola like I think one and a half games maybe. Um, so we don't have enough there to say whether it does work or not. And we assume that it does because Areola is very much a, a winger that tr goes inside. He's not on the touchline kind of thing. Um, but, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just two speedsters running on the touchline, losing the ball at every opportunity against a pressing team like Colorado is just, is just a recipe that is doomed to fail every time. And, I mean, again, we can't say that Tumasi would be an improvement. Uh, 
but I think I think I, we can make that assertion. Just it, it's it's the decision making by Nanu and Obreon on the wing is so frustrating on the attack. And then Nanu doesn't give much defensively. There was a play where I think it was Rubio where just like five or six touches, he passed Nanu like three times and I could not understand it. And then the same play happens to Tumasi, like the minute he comes on and Tumasi gets the tackle in. Again, it's unfair to make comparisons on these kinds of situations because they're not equivalent. But there are expectations, even for attacking fullbacks, to be able to defend. Like, you have to have that ability. And Nanu just doesn't seem to have that. So, I don't know, man. Yes, training might lead to, to so, like Nanu winning the spot again, but just based off this game, think you need to give Tumuasi the opportunity to play against an even higher pressing team in the Red Bulls. Because if you play Nanu and Obreon against the Red Bulls, the highest pressing team in the league, mm. that that right side is just going to be annihilated. And mm. there's that will likely lead to a loss just, just off of that side. And uh, I just want to. I just want, that's good. I mean, I, I, just I think want, you got a point. I think you got a point. No, and I want to add that I agree with everything Ismail said. I think uh, to be more specific with the two speedsters, these are two guys that go wide. Both of them go wide, so they're getting in each other's way, and 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 they don't work well together. They're not the best. They haven't. They're not the most accurate of passers. Where, uh, like you said. Ariola cuts likes to cut in, so he's out of their way. So he's not in Nanu's way when Nanu's is going wide, and and he works well with Tuomasi who can go inside or outside. So I would say <clears throat> you're starting to see where maybe it's a situational start where against certain opponents you should start Tuomasi and certain opponents you should start Nanu. I think that's basically what it's going to come down until there's separation because we don't know what's going on in practice. And if, if Nanu is starting over Tomasi, is it, are they hoping that he's playing better? And according to the coach, by the virtue of him starting, that means he's out playing Tomasi in practice. So mm -hmm. there must not be much separation there. So I think it's going to come down to situational where like uh, Ismail says, against a team like Red Bull, you would think that Tuomasi should be the guy starting. So I agree yeah. with that. And, and I, I'm thinking it's going to be a situation where we're going to see these guys basically jump back and forth and one starts for several stretches of games and so on and so forth. Yeah, uh, yeah I think I think you're, you hit the nail on the head is that uh, the situational starting because, like, look at the finishing from Colorado. It was terrible. I mean, imagine rooting for that team and having those kind of <laughs> shots go over the goal, right? We had that last four years, right? Um, so um, Tomasa came on and he helped because we had the lead and he was able to keep the ball, right? That's one thing he excels at. You can't take the ball from him. He's so strong. You know, yeah. I didn't think um, Nanu had a good game at all. And it was just like O'Brien. And the other thing, they were trying to play out the back and they kept lobbing it to O'Brien, who was, who was covered by a much taller guy. That wasn't working either. So playing on the right, back, right. I mean, um, coach is going to oh, get all that fixed. I have no doubt. And I think Obreon is not a target striker. I mean, yeah, like, it's just yeah. it, that was 
But that was also, I think, a, the the exasperation of of the team. Hey, well, let, let's let's flow with that because one of the questions I asked Jesus after the game was just about the frustration. In that first half, it was clear the team was frustrated with each other. They were frustrated with the ref and some of the calls that were uneven. Although, you know, I, I don't want to criticize the ref too much. They have a, they have a tough tough job. Um, and but just but the slipping and sliding on the field, like it it was wild. So I asked Jesus about that, kind of how they kind of maintain their 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 cool. Let's listen to. Yeah, um, I think that in those situations, everything is mental. Um, obviously, you see body language. Uh, some guys are are mad or upset. Um, that's out of our control. Um, you know, we can try to talk to the ref. Um, influence on him a little bit, but you know, at the end of the day, that's him calling the fouls, um, him calling the plays, and so we have to respect that. Um, as of the field, uh, obviously, they're they're having the same issue. Uh, we're playing in the same field; they're slipping, we're slipping. So you know, we can't we can't blame the field because uh, of our passes or our stuff. So um, I think that we just have to stay mentally focused, uh, mentally strong, and that's what happens when we when we stay, you know, strong. Hey Zeus, well trained in short and sweet answers in media. He got him all right, but he, but yeah, you know, um, I, I I you sense the frustration of the team with just a lot of things, a lot of chatter with the ref um, uh, about the uneven calls, but the, but the field conditions were really unusual, as uh, as our buddy Ben points out. I can't remember when I've seen that much slipping on that field. I agree. So, yeah, it was it was weird. Terrible. It was, it was like bad. it was Pax, a big issue. Paxton kept on slipping the whole night. Yeah, and you, yeah. We tried to tease that out in the post game. I tried, to, but no one ever said anything really. Like I was like, "Is this going to lead to a, a conversation with the the field crew or what?" You know, like what was up with that? Yeah, it was you, yeah. you got to think it's the the cleat selection. I mean, there's there's ways to compensate for that. And, you know, and, I mean, they play on that field every week. I would think they they're wearing yeah. the same cleats as before. I think that. Maybe they watered it too much before the game. I don't know. I want to point out that there was a stat put up on who's about who scored, saying that uh, O'Brien and and Nanu had zero times dispossessed, but no one's saying that they were getting dispossessed. It's those heavy touches. I mean, you know, they can't control the ball. I mean, I think I want to say somebody here was was saying, "Hey, why why isn't Nanu trapping the ball? You know, why you know they they the possession." With those two, it was horrible. Uh, O'Brien's passing percentage was 58%. And and he only touched the ball like 12 times. And that's because he, he couldn't control the ball. Same thing, I'm just saying. And, and that's just two guys that are basically going vertical, trying to basically catch you on those long balls. And, and there was... One of the problems that we had is is how do you counter a team that's basically exploding your 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 wide gaps? Well, a little possession would have helped. There was almost I can't remember any time in the first half where we had more than six or seven passes connected, where we said, "Wow, you know, we're maintaining possession." In the second half, that happened once, you know, Tuomasi and and uh, Ariola came in. Then we, you know. You actually saw passing going on and possession, and I think I posted something on, on there, uh, maybe on Twitter, and said, or uh, I don't know, it was in our chat, I think, where I was like, "Wow, what is this? Is this some actual possession going on here?" 
and and that's something that that these guys both being verticals they're not trying to pass 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 they're trying to basically get the ball and go and 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 that when they're both doing the same thing it, it just kept stalling that whole attack on the right side and then and then of course i think Velasco um we we noticed was basically dribbling too much you know to the point where he was getting dispossessed i think he got dispossessed six times this game and we're like you know he'll learn that he can't get away with it with certain players so i i wasn't at all disappointed with his play but it's like it's just he's 19 years old he's got to learn the league he's got to learn what defenders he can do that against and which ones he can't so but the whole point is with the vertical guys is they're not looking to make that that pass 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 go they're they're basically just go 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 all the time and it really hurts possession and it's mm-hmm. really obvious i'm also not a big fan of king young coming in and playing uh holding mid <laughs> that file i mean i think we were all uh, talking about him oh. good call and, and we need the guy to be a veteran presence and and i i so i agree with you tommy i think is it, just me, or is this new for this year? He didn't seem that brash last year. Right. Like uh, maybe, he, maybe he it's because he played actually. like full games. But I don't know. I never like he comes on and he does like three crazy tackles. Just right. He was actually understand. he was, but the problem, the difference is that he was making those tackles, so they went unnoticed. And now he's like missing them. You know, he's clearly. Uh, so you know, form? Yeah. a second, yeah, it's form. It's just, he's a second short, and and I think I was arguing with Ismail on on the chat because he was saying, hey, that was a foul, and you know that stupid foul right in front of the top of the box, and I was like, well, it wasn't a foul, but the other guy, the I disagree. I I I believe that the guy sold it. He felt contact and he fell, and and Both it wasn't a foul. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't think it was a foul, but Quinone as a veteran should have known that that's exactly what the guy was trying because I was saying that the Rapids were setting up they were they were basically uh they were selling those files. I mean look at where all their files were happening. Perfect on the perfect corner, right where you want it to be. At top of the box. All the, they were situational places where they they were trying to draw files and while I could see a young player falling for that and we did see, you know, Pax and some of these other guys follow them in certain spots where they wanted to be foul for a set piece. Quinone is not supposed to be one of those guys. He shouldn't be making that tackle in that spot because he should know that that player, as soon as he feels contact is going to fall and his slide, whether it makes contact or not, it's going to be a foul. So, so I, I, I don't, I don't think it's a foul, but that's a low IQ play from Quinone and that's concerning. Right. Yeah. It was a foul. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. All right. Well, <laughs> the ref says it was, so you're right, technically. All right. We, we got some other things to move on to, but I, I did want to get Cervania's uh, little post game comment because one of the things they end up asking him about is, uh, is, is his brother's. His brother had a goal that made uh, ESPN top 10, and so there's some hope that Cervania's, uh, Brandon's goal will also make uh, top 10. But to listen to Brandon talk about that, about that goal and about the game. Yeah, no, it feels good. Um, it feels good to get a goal. It's been a while, and more importantly, it feels good to get the win. Um, it was a little rough in the first half. Um, 
So I think that that goal kind of helped us, you know, shift the momentum. And then we, you know, moved a lot of things around and at halftime and we were able to, you know, adjust and then perform a lot better in the second half, as you saw. So it was a big time win and, you know, glad to get another three points at home. I don't know about Sports Center, but uh, yeah, it was awesome to see him, you know, score that goal. And then obviously, you know, in the family group chat, he was <laughs> he was talking trash. So I, had to, I had to tell him I was, I'm going to get one too. So, you know, I had to, had to match his. So it was good. <laughs> yeah, the match is good. Some good inter-family, uh, inter-family uh, 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 rivalry there. That's great. It's great. You know, and I had to go look up that, that, that goal, which I forgot about, which was a good goal, too, from his little brother. But, um, yeah, like, you know, Brandon uh, has had a great start to this season. He's probably one of the more consistent players. Uh, I mean, maybe some of the stats don't point that way and everything. I've seen some of our Big D soccer, we have write-ups on player ratings, and I'm always surprised about how they rate the players uh, stat-wise and things. But like, I feel like Brandon has been one of the engines of the midfield, and so it's it that goal was just incredibly stunning, and it's good to see him get rewarded for, um, for his hard work and his effort, and hopefully he has a few more coming in. I mean, is, is in y'all's opinion, is that a is that a Sports Center top ten kind of play? I just want to. So add it was that, very far away. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to add that it should have been. It, it should be. But if you've watched the voting for goal of the week, I, I think it's coming in third, which yeah. is just ridiculous. Nonsense. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's well, there is, he is going up against the Olympic second. Olympico. Yeah. Yeah, but that's so. Like, I think. Charlotte FC fans are the new Atlanta United fans. So yes, but yeah, it's a it's a very good goal. It should be goal of the week. It is in Sports Center top ten. I think it's already been decided. Um, Excellent. Do it again, and I, I won't. Hey, Acosta scored a great long range goal. So so I want it repeated. Right. I don't know. And mind you, he had another shot that that looked great and was basically saved. That forced a save. Yeah, I think it was deflected. Did, yes. And and that's the difference is you see when he does shoot, you see the trajectory is a solid trajectory right. and it has good power, which is something that the trajectory was always an issue with the, uh, you know, Acosta. moon sh- moonshot Acosta. Mm-hmm, sure. So <laughs> oh, I still got my 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 GIF uh, on here somewhere about of that shot. But anyway, yeah, um, but pulling but pulling the Uridi arrow thing, I was like. Really? You want to go with a Uridis celebration? You're doing. better than that. Like, he's been doing <laughs> that for a while. That's yeah, yeah. Actually, okay. Okay. go watch Chum Chats, which is um, Johan Gomez and Tanner Tessman. They're a little pod, and they bring on different academy players and friends. But they had Brandon on talking about the season, and they asked Brandon to do a special celebration and i i think they couldn't decide on one but i think brandon just thought about doing the arrow so i think that's what that is yeah okay that's all right that's also that's also the the chat where brandon servenia said that the goal was to win mls cup this year if i remember correctly so because they asked him how how far can this team go and he said we're 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 taking it you know we're going all the way so it was great to see it it was great to see that confidence he's playing with that level of confidence i think we can all agree that servania is 
uh, transformed player this year where you could argue that before this year, he was just a young player who, who was talented and was trying to be part of the team. But this year, he looks like a grown man who has basically made that next step and he's playing. He's playing great. He's playing. I mean, this, he's everywhere. I mean, we were talking, he's, you know, his box to box play is just sensational. And if he adds scoring to it, I mean, that's, that would be great. That's, you already have, uh, you already have, you know, the three headed attack with, with uh, Ariola, Velasco and Ferreira. And if, Defenses have to start worrying about Brandon Cervinia too. Look out. And we're just kind of waiting on Paxton, too, to have that game that he's capable of where he unlocks a goal or two. Um, yeah, it gets uh, really interesting. And, and um, yeah, and I agree with Buck. Thanks for watching, Buck. Uh, the timing impact is, is was really important for FC Dallas. It's the kind of goal that you might look back on over the course of the season and say, Man, those were some big points. Those were important yeah. points to build confidence, build momentum. True. All those sportisms that I talked about on Big D Soccer today, and yeah, and 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 Cerio, he's been good too. You know, he's he's doing his work, and he's not the most flashy player. He's not getting the claim of some other folks uh, of a Chara or an Alonzo. Um, you know, but he's doing his work, which is what we need someone in that position to do. But let's shift over. We need to talk about North Texas SC. North Texas also welcomed Colorado Rapids to, to Choctaw Stadium. And going down early as well, it seemed like a disappointing start in, in some ways. About 35 minutes or so, they gave up a goal to Colorado and looked a little bit out of sorts. But 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 managed uh, to pick up a uh, draw foul in the box late in that one as well. Blaine Fury stepped up, got the the tying goal, and then in the second half, the adjustments from Coach Kaw uh, and, and and the team were uh, pretty amazing. A, a goal from Hope Avayeu, and then also from Kamungo. Um, excellent goals. Solid performance overall to lock down another three points at home. North Texas SC also off to a strong start once again. And keeping that, as Jose, as you pointed out, a unbeaten record at home against MLS2 teams. Is that right? That is correct. This is their fourth year now without a loss to an MLS2 team. Uh, three years they went unbeaten in uh, USL League One, and they carried that that into this. That's why I've been saying when people are saying, well, who's your top teams? North Texas has to be one of those top teams because they simply will not lose at home. There's only maybe three teams that I've seen that could come into uh, Choctaw Stadium and walk out with, with, with a possible three points. And, uh, and that's on the Western Conference. There's more, but they're all over on the East on the Eastern conference and we don't play them at all. So the only three teams that I would say look like they could walk into Choctaw and have this kind of style and the kind of play necessary and, and the kind of uh, veteran presence to possibly walk out with three points or at least a draw. And, and that's St. Louis SC right now. I mean, that, that's, that's basically an MLS team parading as a, as a reserve team right now. Uh, believe it or not, Houston 
is the only 3-0 and team in the league, and they have the best defense. They have yet to allow a single goal, only team so far to do it. Uh, 3-0, and they're probably going to be 4-0 coming into North Texas in two weeks, by the way. So that's probably going to be a battle for number one, by the way. Um, they're a team that plays defense, 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 and they have scored a set piece goal in all three games that they played and that's how they play they play defense then they get the set piece and they score and that's what you have to be able to do to be able to beat north texas so houston is a danger and then the third team is tacoma uh because they they're a veteran team uh they just barely lost to st louis uh over the weekend three to four they're a high scoring team uh of course you saw that that uh, North Texas got a draw against them. <clears throat> so you saw that they're a very good, solid team. Those are basically the three teams that, of all the teams, that could walk into North Texas and have a shot at walking out with three points. Everybody else is going to take a big L. And that's different. The, the reason for that is in USL, USL League One, <clears throat> independent teams would play bunker and counter and play for set pieces against North Texas. Any team, and, and and I'm not bragging, I'm just pointing this out. This is, I'm not making this up. Any team that wanted to go toe-to-toe, goal-for-goal with North Texas was begging to have four or five goals scored on them. And and so teams refused to do that. The only teams that were willing to do that were Miami, Inter-Miami 2, and Toronto FC are the only two teams that I knew that were willing to trade goals and had the kind of talent that could go back and forth with them. There's not a lot of teams like that in USL League and in, in uh, MLS, MLS Next Pro. So, if mm-hmm. you're gonna have to try to bunker as best as you can and not concede any goals to North Texas, and they're weak, mind you, North Texas has a weak defense. But to come at that defense, you're gonna have to open up, and then you open up to all the attacking tools that North Texas has, and they have one of the best attacks: seven goals in three games. That's tied for second most goals in the league with other high powered teams like uh, Tacoma and Miami, inter Miami, who, which has a great attack. Yeah. So, their, their finishing so, was, was really good. Yes. Really good. Yes. Finish and, final third. And this, yeah. if you're gonna, if you're going to try to play open back and forth, let's trade goals. You may think you're winning, but that's the game that North Texas will beat you in. You need to force this team to basically play, play beef, um, you got to play defense against them and then beat them on set pieces. And that's the tried and proven way that the USL League One teams. So that's what I say here at MLS Next Pro. It's a blessing for North Texas. There's a lot of teams that cannot, that don't have the necessary talent or the necessary, uh, uh, not, not talent, but uh, team build in this season, in this season to do what's necessary to beat North Texas. And North Texas is going to win a lot of games this year. I'm not saying they won't lose games. It's tough to win on the road, so they will drop points on the road. But at home, they have one of the best home field advantages. Three losses in three years. And those were to Union Omaha, uh, the year that uh, the first year, I think. And uh, Chattanooga mm-hmm. Red Wolves did it twice last in the last this last season. So only two teams have been able to walk into 
into North Texas and beat them. Good stuff. That's it. I mean, if there is one thing, though, Ishmael, I'd love to hear your comments on this. You may not have a strong opinion, Tommy, you too, but uh, I, I love how this team is playing, but I do wince a little bit that our uh, two of our first-round draft picks are, are stepping in and playing with them, and you kind of wish – like. And Bartlett's been good as center back. I think he he helps that team a lot. But you kind of wish, oh, maybe FC Dallas should have picked somebody else. You know, I mean, you know, could, could have waited on him a little bit further. Maybe he could have been a second round draft pick. Um, Isaiah Parker, I think, is getting good development minutes, and we knew he was going to be a project from the beginning. Uh, but Bartlett's the one that's like, I mean, he's good for MLS next pro, but. But it's not the best sign that he's, uh, you know, not fighting for first team minutes when they when they use the first round draft pick on him. But hey, maybe I'm just being nitpicking there. Uh, he's helping the team. He's helping the whole franchise with, with this with this performance down there. But and the other pieces, I wish some other guys would get some minutes in the interim too. I wish like Siki would get some minutes just to continue to get him in shape, or Omedkar or others, just to use that time to help them kind of get in rhythm so that they could be used to the senior team. Any thoughts about that? Do you agree with me? Well, uh, totally. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Mr. Mill. Well, I think first off, uh, yeah, it might have been better to select someone besides Bartlett, but I think, again, we can't really discredit the choice because, I mean, Parker's there right now. Of the top ten cho- of the top ten picks of the MLS Super Draft, um, I think one, two, three, four, five, six of them are playing like as are like our starters in the second teams or the MLS teams, so I mean, it's 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 going to come down to opportunity. He was never meant to be a starter uh, with Hedges, Martinez, and Tafari playing very well. Um, and I mean, Quinones wasn't just a decision that they made in the off season. It's someone that they've had scouted, they've had they had the discovery rights on him. They used a young DP spot, a, a young, uh, whatever it's called, that new thing. Um, U22. Yeah, U22 spot. Um, but, I mean, I think as a whole as well, like when we're talking about team building and like roster choices, the the core of the group is one that I think is important because as time goes on, the older players will start to – like drop and like get give minutes to younger players because again that's what the point of the second team is so as the season progresses and as the team continues to gel Waldick is going to start swapping minutes for uh nikki for daniel hernandez from the academy from lacerda um the portuguese player from alverca um and as Time goes on. Bartlett is going to give time to Amadume, who hopefully progresses because although he had a rough first outing, he's 18 years old. He might give minutes um, also to some of the academy prospects um, like Starnes and uh, there's another one that I'm forgetting. Um, so 
I mean, it's it's good to have a core, and that, I think that's important. Like, I think there is a slight amount of rotation because I think we all expect Mulatto to become the starter, uh, right? Because I mean, he came on and looked very dominant, and he is a Bayern player for a reason. And FC Dallas didn't agree to the loan transfer because they had the idea of giving him minutes and then sending him back to Bayern. They are hoping um, that he might become a first-team player, like getting loaned to FC Dallas next year. That's the idea with this loan. It's not just to give him minutes or else Bayern would have sent him to Bayern too. So, um, like, the roster will shift. Uh, You're going to get more players getting opportunities. Uh, As far as El Medcar or Siki, I don't think El Medcar, Siki, or Redzik are going to beyond North Texas. I just, it's unlikely. Redzik already has a personality to him that I think his ego would be hurt if he was sent down. Um, He'd be a Thomas Roberts. Yeah, like a little bit of a Thomas Roberts. Um, And you don't want to do it, especially when you you have the opportunity to send him on loan to Europe with his European passport. Um, Siki... I, I'm I'm still advocating for Siki minutes. I want Kinyon to stop playing. Um, and I know most of the subs <laughs> for the midfield have been defensively minded, uh, but like I want Siki to get his minutes. Um, and Khalil, I mean, he beat out Shun, so it's more likely Shun gets dropped to North Texas than El Medcar right now at this point, which is also extremely unlikely. So, um, I mean, just it's going to be interesting because – this team is going to get injuries and the academy team academy players are going to get opportunities. I just I just lo- love the idea right now that like of the core Santiago Ferreira is a starter right during Dallas Cup and GA. That's incredible. Agreed. Because Agreed. last year when the starters for North Texas were like some academy players including um Corcoran uh I think Che wasn't signed to North Texas at this point. No, um, not, not uh, so like you had these players who are with the academy. They were sent down for that week, and I remember North Texas suffered. They're not doing that with Santiago. Like He's a full-fledged starter with this team, and I expect him to get a contract, a North Texas contract, in the next three weeks. Because if they don't, that's really weird. Yeah, actually, I agree. I think uh, Santi, who, by the way, uh, isn't heralded like like uh, his brother. He's not a player that that everyone goes, oh yeah, he's he's an MLS guy. You got to sign him. And he's basically he was invisible the first week that North Texas played, and he's basically improved every week to where last week uh, this this last game. I mean, he was he was basically doing a, a, a Cervania impersonation. He was everywhere. He was everywhere, and and he had a tremendous match. And he showed, I think, what you want to see. Dallas likes to put players in tough spots and see if they will adjust and raise their level. And you're seeing that from Santi. Santi is has raised his level, and he. He looks like he belongs. Not only does he look like he belongs, but he looks like he can be a difference maker on that squad. Mm. Good stuff. 
All right, good stuff in North Texas. I mean, I want to I want to add oh, one more thing um, sure. because I, I know you're lamenting the fact that some players aren't getting minutes. That's not going to happen until the U.S. Open Cup is over. That's where these guys are going to get their minutes. You know, uh, El Medcar, Redzik, all, right. all those guys. They're they're not going to come down until after U.S. Open Cup is over. And uh, as far as Shun, if if he's not going to play at all, they're just going to loan him to Europe. He's a guy that can go to Europe, and you want him in Europe at a higher level than the reserve league. Um, also, I want to say that I've heard that the U.S. Open Cup has scraped the international player limits, by the way, hmm. this year. So there is no international player cap. So you could see a guy like Mulatto loaned to FC Dallas and be your third center uh, center forward starting in U.S. Open Cup. <clears throat> you could have a guy like Quinone starting in U.S. Open Cup. Players that we would say, oh, no, you know, there's a limit. We can't play those guys. Oh, yeah. Shun could play. Quinone could play. These guys are going to get minutes in U.S. Open Cup because from what I hear, and, and I don't right. I haven't verified it, but what I'm hearing is that that's what's happened is USOC for this year has scraped the international player limits and that's going to be lead to some very interesting uh, players that it's, we would not expect playing there. Is Sean hurt? No. Sh- Sean has was I think he it was a bit banged up early, but it's it's not that he's hurt. It's just that he's been called into the Hungarian national team a lot, so he's been back and he forth. He hasn't been here. Yeah. And and mind you, it's a new system. And if you're not here to learn the new system, a guy like El Metkar. And, and Redzik, who are here every week, they get a step up on you. And that's basically what's going on with Yeah, it's been, that's been a big surprise because uh, last year I thought he, he, he showed that he can do some things that we're not seeing on the field right now. Hmm. Uh, but then again, but... you've got you've got Velasco starting over there, and the only playing time is available is on the right side, really, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and so it's, that has hurt Shun. An Open Cup is coming up. Uh, FC Dallas did drew, uh, draw uh, Tulsa FC. Um, and it'll be wasn't, a home game in Frisco. Yeah. Wasn't it Tulsa? What, was, didn't we have an affiliation with Tulsa in the past? Because I, I know. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, they, were yeah. they had it with Oklahoma City Energy, but we loaned yeah. players to Tulsa. Yeah, it was never like an official Tulsa, But you're right. It wasn't an official one, but we did loan players to Tulsa. And... Uh, that's going to be amusing, in all honesty. I, I'm I'm pumped for it. I'm happy, by the way, that it's going to be in Toyota. I yeah. I never cared for the uh, SMU TCU campus games. Like, play it, yeah. you know, play it in at home or play it in Choctaw. You know, give it that big time atmosphere. Yeah, Tulsa <laughs> Roughnecks, baby. It's not Tulsa Roughnecks. I know. Another I know. bland rebranding. Yes. Done yes, by U.S. soccer right. just to yes. suck the soul out of agreed soccer culture. It's the Look, we must make it sound European. Roughnecks, I like Tulsa. They, they they could they have, have done Roughnecks FC. Roughnecks <laughs> FC would have been a great name to change it to yeah. instead of Tulsa. But I think they got to be a little <clears throat> anyway. Whatever. But yeah, I like Tulsa has a nice left back. Gabby Torres <clears throat> is his name. Um, could be an interesting prospect for some MLS team down the line, decent, and has made the team of the week uh, for USL championship 
two or three weeks in a row. So he's yeah. he's been an I mean, active player for them. Yeah, I mean Tulsa is a well-run team. Uh, their head coach, uh, which if I'm not mistaken, I just want to confirm. Yeah, Michael Sien was interviewed for the DC head coaching job and has been like, like he's been going around maybe throwing himself into those circles and has gone far into like those kind of interview processes. So, I mean, it's a well-run team. It's they're they're generally consistent since the rebranding. They've been pretty good. They have a like you said, that left back is very good, but they also have um, a strike, uh, a, like a center, like a center attacking mid called DaCosta that's dominant in the league for the past year, year and a half. Um, and I'm looking at their roster now. Uh, Moloto and, Bourge- uh, and Bourgeois have been very, were very good for multiple USLC sides over the past couple of years. Hmm. It's a good team. It's not, it's not going to be easy. Uh, yeah, it's going to be mostly reserve players. I don't think Mulata will get loaned up because he doesn't even have a starting role on his belt for North Texas SC, and this game is next week. So this they probably won't. They And if you don't start Redzik even in the Open Cup, I think he will, like, he, he will get angry. So um, it, it's probably going to be mostly the bench players. Um. Yeah, it it should be a fun game. Open Cup is always fun. It's, yeah, thank God it's back. So, All right, Tulsa okay. is three and three on the year, and yeah. they've yet to win. I think they've yet to win a road game. So, um, mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think we should be. We should. It's not. I I shouldn't be like New Mexico United. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't matter. I hate to change the subject, but just to go back, I didn't say this earlier, but FC Dallas has done all the right things this year, and there's there's something going on in Frisco, and and it seems to be catching on, and there was a big crowd at the game. You know, everything they're doing right now on here, there might be some kind of improvement to the north end. There was something that Peter had posted, and he heard a rumor about them doing something to the north end. It's just a big applause, though. I mean, I've been very critical of the team over the past years, but I think it's been justified. But I have not been critical this year. I think it's been very, very good. And I want to say it seems legit right now. i got to wait for the whole year. But props up to FC Dallas. You heard it. You heard it here. You heard it here. <laughs> Tom. But, but I think you got to go to the signings. I mean, you, the, the, the team has whiffed on so many signings in past years. Right, Have right. they whiffed on any signings this year? I mean, you could. Well, Bartlett, I, I mean, it, that, that's a draft, and 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 draft mm-hmm. picks take time. It, you know, Tafari didn't do anything his first year, if I remember correctly. So they they get like a one year pass. The draft picks do. You know, yeah, yeah, they, I agree, they, I agree. So I don't have a problem with 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 Siki. Siki was uh, a great find. He's getting minutes. Siki. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about I'm talking about uh, signing, oh, signing, oh, signing, draft picks. The last I, I mean, think the door is still open. I mean, he had a nice goal, but you know, since but, then, but still I'm a talking kid. about, still a kid. but I'm talking yeah. about we've had some signings where they come in and we're like, like Kenyon, you come in and you're like, what's this guy doing? Yeah, there is no signing like that so far. It's early, right? Right. It could still turn that way, but even the guys that were iffy on are still getting starting minutes or significant minutes. Like Nanu wants to jump in and Nanu say something about Nanu. 
<laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Nano isn't technically a bust yet. He's starting. No. He's beating out Tomasi. It, it may not. Once Tomasi becomes a starter and relegates Nano to the bench for good, but I, then we can I say. Then we can say. Then we can say. Okay, he wasn't a good signing, but right now they seem yes. to have hit on all their signings. Is what yeah, I'm yeah, getting yeah. at. Yeah, especially Paz. I mean, what a great keeper he is. Yeah, there's been a lot of efforts, as Ben points out, they hired a marketing professional that knows the Dallas market. So That's I think, right, Ben. Um, they can. Yeah. Get... All right, so we need to wrap up the show. Um, it's getting late, even I in got, Central. I got another beer to go. I know. Just well, kidding. Take your time. The night is young. But uh, let's. Uh, FC Dallas will travel to uh, Harrison, New Jersey to play New York Red Bulls, who are a solid team, as you can get in MLS, a pressing team. Uh, high press that they create a lot of problems for teams. It's going to be a tough one. It's away matches are always tough. Uh, and FC Dallas um, certainly is going to have its hands full as they attempt to deal with the Red Bulls. What are you happy with coming out of this, uh, th- this match this weekend against uh, the Red Bulls? I mean, you got to say you got to say that that you want to see them have have a point and be pushing for three points at the end of the game that's what i want to see it's 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 not about it's how they look you know it, it's we want to keep seeing this improved play on the road we want them to play better than they did against chicago mm-hmm. we want to see improvement we want to see what we've seen at home travel and I think that's what we're all going to be looking at is, is we're hoping to at least come out of there with a point. And, and if, if let's say, let's say it's a draw, there's two kinds of draws. Did you stink it up and you're lucky to get out of it with a draw or were they lucky that you only left with a draw? And I think that's what I want to see is, is I want the three points. We all want the three points, but I will settle for a draw where Dallas was pushing for that win. Mm. Okay. Ishmael, what do you think? Yeah, I want three points. Let's let's make yes. uh, Carlos Curnell make that same stupid mistake because that was incredible. <laughs> um, my God, I I mean I've seen some goalkeeper gaffes before, but I don't understand that one, and especially at that point in the game. So make him make that mistake again. Uh, again, this is a pressing team. We. Cannot go out the same. We cannot start off the same way that we did against Colorado because the difference Agreed. between Colorado and Red Bulls, even though they like they both have garbage finishers, Klimala is not good. And I mean Rubio scored, but he should have had another. And like he's not very consistent. So they have bad finishers, but they will press you and like to to oblivion, and that will eventually create a goal chance that's like. 0.5 xg that will probably go with it so we cannot come out the same way we did against colorado and i think nico knows that this will actually be an interesting uh like tactic like his his tactics he will be interesting because um uh, it's not like um colorado had wingers and a wing and wing backs who were pushed very high up to react to that press red bulls is the opposite they will press, but they have like four midfielders that are like compact, almost like a diamond, but not really. It's it, they have like one that's higher up, and then three that just press and then drop. So 
Um, the 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 way that he'll react uh, has to do with Texas is going to be different, but it it cannot be as passive as it was against Colorado because Red Bulls will punish you, and you just have to capitalize on the mistakes that like Car- Coronel does. But there have been other gaffes during this like. Uh, the week before, they were leading 1-0 against the crew. And instead of going into the corner and wasting time, they do a garbage cross and then don't stop a play, a counterattacking play. And the crew score in the 90th minute with like 10 seconds left in extra time. So they make mistakes. They are very good because they beat Toronto 5-1, but they make mistakes. So capitalize on those and be prepared on the onset. All right. Tommy? Yeah, what I want to see better is better playing off the back. It was pretty bad this past but give past, past game, but give Colorado credit. Um, I think that we will see a lineup change. I, you know, I, I'm guessing that Hedges will not start, and um, I'm guessing that Tafari will start, and I think that Ariola will probably start on the right side, and I wouldn't surprise me if, if it's Velasco's role to come off the bench because one thing we've seen from, from Nico is he likes to have somebody come off the bench to be an offensive, you know, change. And that was Ariola this past week. He came in, and when he came in, it was a different game, right? So it might it might do uh, Velasco some well to sit a little bit and come on fresh when everyone else is tired, but maybe not. But we'll see. You know, I just want to see them play better out the back and not the lobs to Obreon. That does not work. And the other thing yeah. I want to mention is real quick is that uh, FC Dallas went against Colorado. They were much bigger than FC Dallas. I think that's something that FC Dallas is going to have to put up with every week. They're not a big team. They don't have these big players. Like, uh, yeah, but they, but, but they do have technical finishers with Jesus and Velasco and Ariola. They can finish. I'd rather have that team than be rooting for Colorado. All right. I agree. Um, North Texas plays at Quakes 2 on Sunday. Uh, Quakes 2 is fields a very young team. We're talking – you know, half their starters are probably going to be academy t- players. Now, that sounds like a bad thing, but the Quakes has a really good academy. They're they're a top five academy. One of the few teams that I believe is capable of going toe-to-toe back and forth with with uh, North Texas if they choose to. Uh, so there's a very legit chance that, that Quakes at home can get a win against North Texas. Uh, they're they're a very young team, very inconsistent, very talented. Should be an interesting game. I, I think North Texas can walk out of there with a draw. Probably a win, but they got to score early. Uh, if they get the win, it probably sets uh, it sets up uh, a huge showdown with Houston, who should come into North Texas four and zero based on their right. opponent uh, next week. So. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, you heard it here tonight. Big, big matchup this weekend for both North Texas and for FC Dallas. A lot to watch for. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for your comments. Remember to subscribe wherever you find podcasts. We will we'll, uh, upload the audio for this one. And, of course, if you miss one, just, just listen in and catch up with, with, our, with our chatter and our conversation each and every week. Good night, everyone. And go FC Good Dallas. Good night, guys. Go FCD. Cup. <laughs> That's true. <laughs>